everyone. Welcome to the Arsta Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose, and today we're talking about removing barriers for people with disabilities in the workplace. Our guest today is Sydney Elaine Butler, who has done just that. She started a business to do that. It's called Accessible Crates. So Sydney, tell us a little bit about your chronic pain and about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Sydney Elaine Butler, and so I studied human resources at school. Mm-hmm. And while going to school, I also was working in a recreational setting, helping adults with disabilities and teenagers and kids and about my chronic pain. Um, so I have fibromyalgia. I've had that since 2018. I also have complex PTSD. And I remember at first, I didn't understand that they were correlated, but they are correlated and they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was just like, what's happening? <laughs> the two things that are both very annoying to deal with. But <laughs> um I realized it was because of my due to the physical trauma I endured in my youth, especially in my teenage years. Um, and so then I had chronic leg pain and I remember it started my right leg and I was like, what is happening? He <laughs> was like, I just, you know, so it was like, and I was like, I'm so young. Why is this happening to me? And my parents were like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. And then went to doctors yeah. and they said, you're fine. You know, mm-hmm. just to get a little bit more exercise. I'm like I'm doing all I can. And then it actually spread to my left leg as well. And now, as of now, mm-hmm. it's in both legs and it it switches or it just happens to be in both legs. And sometimes I do need to use a cane and, and as my mobility aid. And I remember when I was in school, I would use it and people, like, because some days I would need it, some days I didn't. And people would be like, you used the cane yesterday, but you don't need it today or vice versa. And mm-hmm. they didn't understand. Yeah, with chronic pain, every day is different. Mm-hmm. You know, so, some days I can do certain things and some days I can't. I've got fibromyalgia as well, as well as um, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, degenerative disc mm-hmm. disease, you know, spinal pain, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and every day is different. Um, so what kind of barriers to the disabled were you finding at work? Yeah, so there's, there's so many barriers. Um, yeah. Like I, like I said, in my career, I used to work with people with disabilities and support them in a recreational setting. And then I had to help them with personal care sometimes. And so I, for me personally, I was, when I first started, I was okay. I started in 2015. And so I was experiencing some pain, but not as much pain yet. And so I could, you know, do the changes and do the lifts and do it accordingly. But as my time was fading out in 2020, like February of 2020, before the pandemic started, I, you know, started to need more accommodation and, you know, and people thought I was just being lazy. And it was mm-hmm. like, no, I need this support. It's like, well, you could do it before, but not now. And I was just like, well, things change. Uh, my my pain levels change. And I was like, before I was just dealing with it, you know, mm-hmm. too, because I didn't understand that I could get accommodation, even though I was like learning about accommodation in school. I was like, I was still scared mm-hmm. of what that looked like. And I thought people were going to call me lazy if I got accommodation. And people were calling me lazy mm-hmm. when I did ask for the accommodation. So my <laughs> suspicions were right. And then my, I also had another friend who worked with me in that same program. And she uses a wheelchair. She uses a power chair. And so they were talking bad about her. They're like, oh, she shouldn't work here. You know, even though we're supporting adults with disabilities that use wheelchairs, it would be nice for them to see that representation that they can work if they wanted to. And then even our supervisor, she made her have a participant that also uses a wheelchair. And that's not safe for anybody. You know, that Mm -hmm. was like the last straw. It's like, give her, you know, you don't need to, do that and so like literally her and her because we have tables and so they just switch participants you know like okay that's for everyone's safety 
And there were just so many different things. And I think it goes and breaks down to attitudinal barriers, you know, people's perception of people with disabilities and what they can and cannot do. And when, you know, people are like, oh, well, and then that's group people like, oh, all people that use wheelchairs are in the same group. But then again, there's ambulatory wheelchair users that don't always use the wheelchair. There's people mm -hmm. that, you know, and the, the, it's, a, it's a spectrum and a lot of people don't realize that. Absolutely. I remember when I first started feeling the severe spinal pain, I was wearing a back brace every mm -hmm. single day. I was, I was coming in late. I was working from home as much as I possibly mm -hmm. could. You know, I was leaving early because I was just in so much pain. And even to get up, like I planned every time I got mm -hmm. up, I had to plan, okay, if I'm getting up, I'm going to do multiple things while I'm up because it hurts so badly to walk. Mm -hmm. And I called a lady who worked in HR that I was kind of friendly with. And she told me about reasonable accommodations, which I'd never heard of before. Mm -hmm. And so I had my doctor kind of, you know, write up some possible accommodations, but then, and one of them was work from home. Mm -hmm. And my manager said, you can't work from home anymore. You need to be in the office like all the time, even though I could do 95% of my job mm -hmm. from anywhere. Right. But yeah. I, I found that my manager was really discriminatory towards me. I actually wrote like a four page letter of documentation of all the times mm -hmm. that he was discriminated against me because of my chronic pain and disability. Mm -hmm. But because he told me I couldn't work from home, I refused to ask HR for that accommodation. Mm -hmm. And eventually I just, I just had to stop working because I just, I just couldn't do it. Um, so what, what made you decide to use your voice and change these things? Yeah. So I'm um, first, before we get into that, I talk about the reasonable accommodation. Yeah. A lot of times like HR, even HR has difficulty with understanding reasonable accommodation <laughs> sometimes, you know, right. I think accommodation, when people think accommodation, they think expensive, mm. um, but it isn't, that's not the case, you know, like reasonable, it is, most accommodations don't cost anything, you know, mm -hmm. just working from home, modifying the schedule, just simple little things to make the person be able to do their job effectively. And so Within that, um, what made me want to change things is like what I mentioned above, but my friend in my situation, as well as yeah. when I was in school, I was studying business administration, human resources, and I was in my employment class and we were talking and doing a case study on accommodation. And a lot of people in my class were disgusted that they had to accommodate people with disabilities. And these are like what? last year HR students about to go into the field, some are already working in the field of HR, and they're like, wait, people with disabilities actually into the workforce, they, you know, they, they, I think there's such a perception around disability and what it looks like, and it's, it's shifting now, thank God, <laughs> um, but understanding that a lot of people have such a negative perception when it comes to disability because uh, mm -hmm. of the societal norms and things, and so they were just, and I was like, what do you mean that you don't, they don't know that they have to accommodate the people with disabilities, they're disgusted, they have to do that, or they don't even know that they're actually into the workforce, and so that kind of actually lit a fire under me because I was like, I know if like like classmates who are learning and be willing to learn are such resistant to change and mm -hmm. what is like in the workplace. And everybody heard some stories in my own experiences in the workplace, just reinforce the fact that a lot of things are not right in the workplace when it comes to accommodation and understanding what people with disabilities can do and can't do in the workplace. And so I decided to use my voice to do so. That's awesome. So let's talk about um, accommodations just for a minute. So mm -hmm. the Americans with Disabilities Act actually requires employees, generally employers mm -hmm. that have 15 or more people mm -hmm. to, to provide reasonable accommodations. So mm -hmm. um, 
uh, for people with disabilities. So a person with a disability is defined as a person who has a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities. Um, if the disability is obvious, the employer can ask for medical documentation, which is what was in my case, because I wasn't using a cane or a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. um, and examples include like changing job, job tasks, reserved mm -hmm. parking, um, accessibility to a work area, products. Like I worked with a man who had severe vision impairment and mm -hmm. the employer provided a program for him that zoomed in everything on his computer. So he was able to do his job. Um, so those are those are things that are, you know, as long as it's it's considered reasonable, which of course is a subjective term, mm -hmm. but, you know, talking to HR is, and your manager are the, are the first steps, get mm -hmm. a conversation going, let them understand mm -hmm. what difficulties you're having and why you're having them. Um, so after you started using your voice, what kinds of change changes happened? Yeah, and so um, what you were saying about, you know, like talking to your manager, talking to HR is, is the first step. Um, you know, a lot of times people are scared to take that step. To, like, you know, because mm -hmm. again, that that again, those barriers that exist. It's like, am I going to be judged for it? Even though it's a new, it's in the law, the ADA to provide reasonable yeah. accommodation. But I think with that too, because the language is so vague sometimes, and mm -hmm. it's like it's, you know, it's like they have to provide accommodation, but like in the reasonable accommodation again, what is reasonable? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what does that look right. like? And right. I think it boils down to that it looks different for everyone. And so it's like, like, oh, we can do this for this person. And then they're like, they, they like having uniformity and uniformity to understanding that, oh, we want accommodation for everyone that makes it the same and they have the same disability or have same similar issues. And it's like, no, everyone's unique and has their own unique experiences. Mm -hmm. You should be accommodating for that. And so what kind of changes happened when I started to speak, using my voice to speak up? You know, I started creating more accessible recruitment processes. A lot of the barriers yeah. for disabilities is in the recruitment process you know um a lot of people with disabilities don't understand that they can be accommodated during the interview process and the hiring mm. process what does it actually look like you know how can we make things more accessible for them uh, again breaking down those attitude barriers breaking down the perception that people have for people with disabilities still a lot of people when they think of disabilities they think of someone that uses a wheelchair um mm. you know or in there lots of times like they're just in a wheelchair you know never changing the language to use a wheelchair because you don't know when they need to use it and breaking right. down what that actually looks like um removing those organizational barriers so like policies procedures having things in place like i remember I was working with an organization they're like, okay we need to work on our accessibility policy for our customers and our clients you know and it's like well what are you doing for your employees oh no they don't need to be accommodated or like we don't have to be accessible for them but we want to make a product and our service more accessible. It's like you can't have it both ways. And that's an issue I see mm -hmm. time and time again. A lot of companies are okay, we know we have to, we have a client base or a customer base of people with disabilities. And they're so like, okay, we're going to make it more accessible for them. But it's like, okay, that's great. <laughs> you know, that's wonderful. But and then there's a disconnect when it comes to what they're doing in house for their own employees. It's like, oh, you, you didn't give someone more time you didn't explain things how they need you to explain it you didn't give clear instructions you know all these different things which in turn actually help increase your um accessibility to your clients and your customers because you have you know employees that have this experience and they feel that it's positive towards them and they'll be like yes this is an accessible company but there seems to be that disconnect for some reason which baffles me but it is yeah um, that, and that's then, wild and then educating um, HR and 
um, the company as a whole. So, you know, having training, for, again, training for the accessible recruitment process or just having a conversation about disability awareness and what does it look like? What is invisible disabilities? What does that look like in the workplace? You know, how we can better support as a co-worker, you know, um, what's overstepping the boundaries, but is just enough to support the individual and make them feel like they are supported in that workplace. So uh, you talked to HR and I assume possibly your manager. Was there anybody else involved in, in this? Yeah, so my, my HR manager, um, the HR assistants, talking to other managers, just like the general managers of the teams, um, you know, because a lot of times, like you said, the managers, like you, your HR was like, okay, yeah, we can accommodation in place, but your manager was like, nope, you can't <laughs> work from home. Yeah. You know, if you come back, and this seems to be that, a lot, I think boils down to a lot of managers in general don't really know how to manage people, or like they only have, you know, and so they don't, we have to take more of a position and take more of a lead. And so there's that disconnect again. Um, so there's, you know, they don't, they don't have the proper training. You know, HR has like sensitive training and they check and confidentiality and human rights training, but the managers, you know, they, get, they don't really have that training. And so I think it boils down to that. Okay. Um, so did you get any pushback when you were trying to make changes? I, I would imagine that you mm -hmm. did, but. Yeah, so in the summer of 2021, I was working at a company um, and they wanted me to do the work, but they, about accessibility and, you know, the, all these policy works, making the recruitment process more accessible. Uh, and I was like, well, you have to continue it after I'm gone because I was only an eight-week contract mm -hmm. as a summer program. And they're like, no, can you just do it all for us? And we just, we just like recycle what you've done for us. I'm just like, I wanted them to be involved in the process because once I've gone, because it's only there for such a short time, for them to continue this work and, you know, and they're like, no, just write our policies and we're just like, you know, we're modifying the language and we would change it for the, the, the year accordingly when you're gone. And I was like, no, you have to be able to know the guess I'm going to focus on this because this is what I'd love to do. But I want you to understand the reasoning behind it and understand how you can do it moving forward. And also the recruitment process. Like we was using Zoom and, you know, I was like, we have to make it more accessible, have the closed captioning enabled, you know, and who's going to need that? Mm -hmm. uh, people think, oh, just for people that are you know, hard of hearing or, you know, have these things. But it's like people that have processing issues, you know, mm -hmm. understanding they might need to see the text, but have to have the transcription open as they're talking to someone and having all these things in place. And so the HR assistant she was excited to do it, but then when it actually came to actually doing the work, she was like, she was kind of mm -hmm. nervous because um, she had been there since she basically graduated from her program in HR. And so she didn't really want to rock, rock the boat too much. Right. And I was like, what well, was like, things need to change. Like your recruitment process is okay. <laughs> like, because when I interviewed, I was like, this things could suit me so much better in this interview process. And I got the job. And it's okay, now that help you make, your <laughs> make it more accessible because I had so many barriers to navigating the recruitment process. And, you know, and so she she was very hesitant and she was like, I don't know. Because, you know, she's like, it's like, but this is how I've been doing things. And I think that, that's a lot of times that what happens is that a lot of companies, a lot of people are stuck in the traditional way of doing things or doing things a certain mm -hmm. way. And then, but even, even though, it's, even if it's not accessible and inclusive, even though it's such a shift for that now, they're like, oh, but we haven't done that before. We're kind of nervous, um, you know? And so understanding that there's always going to be that pushback though, you know, and it's, you have to 
understand i give them the why it's like well it's gonna make your recruit process better you're gonna find more candidates you're gonna get more mm-hmm. diverse talent pool it's this, i'm not taking away anything i'm adding you know oh yeah and i think a lot of people think when you add something they for some reason they think take away even if you mm-hmm. simply say you're adding things they think oh you know you're taking away from you're taking away from you're taking away what i know and it's just like it's like we're just adding things. If you can see it, most things are staying the same, just adding closed captions, adding an accommodation statement to the job description, you know, all these different things. Yeah, I love how you presented it to them that, you know, you're going to get, you know, more recruits, you're going to have a more diverse team, and you're not taking anything away from them. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I just love that mindset and the way you presented that. So how have these change helped, changes helped you or others in the workplace? Have you seen the benefit yeah so i think it allows for like again a more inclusive culture for all people because you know breaking down those barriers um more understanding and acceptance in the workplace and it's like oh like you know the oh yeah we pride ourselves on being accessible and inclusive and, and understanding and accepting employer but then they weren't actually <laughs> doing these things and mm-hmm. so it helps really understand okay how can we better our workplace how can we continue to be more accessible be more inclusive is you know and we reflect on their goals and their values as a company it's like are we actually presenting our values and mm-hmm. i think a lot of times a lot of times now companies you know and people that are applying for these companies are like do they actually follow their values and i've seen that a lot of people are quitting their jobs um for a lot of different reasons but when including like they see values on a company's page it's oh they value all these things that matches with my values i'm going to apply and then they don't actually live with those values Right. And so, but when you start being inclusive, being accessible, it's like you start doing those values more. No, that's a great point too. When it comes to convincing a company to actually make accommodations, that you know, are your values just some words on a page or on a mm-hmm. screen, or are you actually living them? That's a great point. So, what advice do you have for someone with a disability who feels like there's a barrier to their work environment? Environment. Yeah, I would say um, speak up for what you need. I know that's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but also understanding that a lot of, I think a lot of times people feel like they have to disclose if they have a disability or what their disability is. Um, but I say speak up for what you need. And by that, I mean just asking for the support you need from either your manager, from HR, or from your coworker. You don't have to disclose, hey, I'm autistic. I need this support. Hey, you know, I need you to help me with this because X, Y, and Z. Just be like, I need your help with this, you know? Mm-hmm. Can you, um, or, you know, so just being upfront with what you need and what support you need. And because, you know, people want to help you at the end of the day. They just, you know, they just don't know how to support you. And it's, you don't have to disclose, you know? It's like, if, you, if there's a medical accommodation that you need and things like that, that's obviously, you know, that's different. But it's like, if you, and again, a lot of times, right now, a lot of people being diagnosed with being divergent or having a disability or then all these different things. And that, you know, or like they might be suspecting that they have these things because, you know, because it's becoming more known. And so understanding that you don't have to have all the answers, just be like, I need this support to be able to do the best I can in my job. And I, I just need a little bit more support from your end at, at this time. Right. And I imagine that going to your manager or to HR, you know, with a, a willingness and a desire mm-hmm. to be better at your job and, you know, with kindness and not in mm-hmm. a demanding sort of way, unless it gets to that point, if mm-hmm. they're refusing to follow mm-hmm. the law or something like that, then you can, you know, get more, you know, more 
assertive, I suppose, but, <laughs> but I would, I would hope that, that most companies would, would want to help you do your job better. Yeah, exactly, Lauren. It, you know, understanding that, so people want you to succeed. People want the companies to succeed. You know, mm-hmm. and and then understand that success looks different for everyone, and the need to succeed, and the resources they need to be successful, it looks very different. And that could also look very different day to day. You know, because like with mm-hmm. chronic pain, it looks different day to day. And so understanding that it's like, oh, I need this accommodation today, and has having that conversation, like you kind of mentioned at the beginning, having that conversation, having the open conversation and an ongoing conversation, being mm-hmm. willing to be like, hey, today, I don't need that support today, but can we try this support today? And just having the open conversation and be willing on both sides, be willing to speak up for what you need, and then for the managers in HR, you know, be willing to receive and understand what the person's asking that they need. Yeah, that's great advice. So where can we find more about you and about your business if we want to follow you or get support? Yeah, so my website is accessiblecreates.ca. Um, in my all my social media handles are Accessible Creates at, at Accessible Creates. And then also you can follow me on LinkedIn at Sunil Lane Butler. Awesome, great. Thanks so much for coming on. This has been really informative. I hope that it's been really helpful for some people out there that are struggling in the workplace. Thank you, Thank again you so much. much. Thank you so Bye. much for having me, Lauren. Bye. Of course.